the Packers offense can't seem to start fast, but to start the third quarter, they come out a house of fire. How do they find that third quarter magic in the first half of games? The answer may well be to not do the things that are working in the second half. That may seem weird. Let me explain. Plus, our pal Trey Wingo drops by for Expert Tuesday talking life post Rodgers, Jordan Love, the evolution of quarterbacks, and why we can't seem to find defensive coordinators. A question that seems relevant to the Green Bay Packers right about now. All of that on a loaded Locked on Packers. Let's get it. You are Locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. Trey Wingo on the show today to talk about Taylor Swift. (laughs) No, just kidding. Uh, To talk about Jordan Love. To talk about life after Rodgers. To talk about why we can't seem to have defense trees coaching trees that is the same way we have for example offensive coaching trees Matt LaFleur on the Shanahan McVay coaching tree we don't have the same sort of thing with defenses not really not with the same sort of juice certainly that they might have had once upon a time all of that coming up in a second I want to start much faster than the Green Bay Packers have this season and this desire to to go back and look at this problem was spurred by our pal Zach Cruz over the Packers wire who looked at first quarter, third quarter splits. And in the first quarters of these games, Jordan Love is 9 of 24 for 99 yards and a touchdown. That is a 64.4 passer rating. It's not great, Bob. In the third quarter of games, he's 30 of 37 for 377, four touchdowns and a 133.9 passer rating. Basically twice as good in terms of efficiency and like exponentially better than that, generally speaking, in terms of total productivity. So what is the problem? And and my my first thought was, well, they're not doing anything differently. And that's true. And it's also the problem. The issue is that the Packers are just not executing in the first half what they're trying to do. And in the second half, especially in the third quarter, they are. They're just executing better. Jordan Love is playing better. Guys are maybe fixing those details we talked about yesterday a little bit better, refining those in those moments just happen to be a little bit better in those situations. It's not some magic halftime adjustment. 
the halftime adjustment, it's not quite a myth, but it's like, it's, it's like aliens. Like they exist. They're out there that we have evidence, but like tiny evidence, like it's a borderline conspiracy theory that that's, that's where we are. I'm going to, people are going to be mad about that. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. And I, I went back and I looked, I watched the first two series of the Lions game back and I watched the first series of the Bengals preseason game. And the reason is because I remember Matt LaFleur and I even had some criticisms of Matt LaFleur saying, look, he's got to take the kid gloves off. He's got to let Jordan Love cook. Well, against the Lions, it's exactly what Matt LaFleur let Jordan Love do. And in the first half, it didn't go great. In the second half, Nothing really changed. The Packers didn't block any better. They didn't run the ball any better. They didn't They didn't have any better balance. All they had was Jordan Love playing better, being more decisive, making accurate reads and throws. So how do you get him to do that early on in these games? And I went back and I watched the Bengals game. First concept, they have, they've got, it's the same sort of look, shotgun, spread, but they run a staple basic concept slant flat, dragon, all day. And they get a little gain out to Aaron Jones, four or five yards on first down. Second down, they come out. Play action, boot to Luke Musgrave for the first down. This is as West Coast classic staple as it gets. Like this is not reinventing the wheel. This is core Matt LaFleur. It's not doing what they did against Detroit get out, spread, shotgun, first snap, incomplete. Second snap, sack out of empty. Like it's, it is still, I think how Jordan Love can operate. And we see him in the second halves of these games, the third quarters of these games, even in games where they're winning or that are competitive, Bears game, competitive, Falcons game, competitive. And they come right out against the Saints. He throws the pick, but then gets right back in the game and, and they start to go. You can't say the Lions game was all garbage time. They got that down into a, a meaningful, you know, it's 10 points. And the Lions have to start playing. The Packers just played better. And then after you get, you know, that, that first down, now you take your shot to Christian Watson. You get a little run with A.J. Dillon, not much. I think they picked up three yards. You take your shot on second and seven. You come back on third and seven. You've got Luke Musgrave wide open. Jordan Love misses the throw, but that was a manageable situation. They got a guy wide open and you just missed the throw, okay? But you started that drive much better. It's those staple concepts that we're not seeing. And this was something that we talked about with, with Ben Fennell last week. Some of that core Aaron Rodgers offense that core Matt LaFleur offense. Because slant flat is Aaron Rodgers. And that play action boot, that that's the slide play, every team in the league runs that. It is a Shanahan tree special. Like John Elway was running that. It, it is as old as offense. But it still can work depending on how those outside linebackers are playing it. Those are the things that, that we want to see from Jordan Love early on. Yes, in the second half of these games, he can cook from shotgun. We've seen him just in must-pass situations say, I got this, and just make throw after throw, stand in there against pressure. It's fourth and nine, you know, in, in scoring position. 
Aiden Hutchinson barreling down on you. You throw a dime to Romeo Dobbs. That should be a touchdown. Romeo has got it. If he just keeps his feet, it's a touchdown. Or Jaden Reed up the seam against the Saints, uh, against the Lions, uh, against the Saints again. Those, those throws are there. He can do all of that stuff. But what they did, I think, against the Lions is they came out and they said, well, that works. And this team's got a good run defense. Our, we can't block anybody up front in the run game. So what we want to do is come out and sling the pill. And I get that. But right now, at this point in Jordan Love's career, he needs to be eased in. This just is what the evidence suggests right now is he needs to be eased into this a little bit more. And it works, to wit, another great Zach Cruz stat. They're completing 68% of passes. That's a 114 passer rating from under center. They're completing 63% of passes with a 113 passer rating using play action. Even though the run game stinks. It stinks on ice. And the play action game still works which is just more evidence that you don't need a good run game to have a viable and successful play action game. You don't need to run the ball effectively to pass well from under center. Just being under center reads as a pass cue for defenses. You don't have to you don't have to live in gun to pass successfully. It's almost like LaFleur needs to be like unred pilled. He needs to be unRodgers pilled and just say, "Look, we can throw the ball, but it doesn't have to be all the stuff that we know Jordan Love is good at. We see him in these second halves in must-pass situations. He can make every throw. He can make every read. He can play effectively. But it's just as much about pressing the easy button for the rest of the offense. When you don't have to be perfect, when you can let the scheme do the work, when you can let a play-action concept do the work, and it doesn't have to be some deep developing play-action concept. It doesn't have to be you know, dagger or Yankee or some big play action shot play. It can just be play action slide. And yeah, if that backside dig is there, throw it. If that corner happens to be there, if they drop coverage, throw it. But if it's not, throw it to Luke Musgrave, get your first down and live to fight another day. I think some of those staple concepts, even some of those staple runs outside zone, that stuff has to more jet motion early on under center, that is the stuff, the Lafleur stuff. That's the stuff I want to see games started with. You don't have to go triple option. Like, come on. What are we doing? It's it's there. I think the I think Jordan Love is like okie dokes the Packers a little bit because when he's had to pass, look, he looks great. It, with the fourth quarter of the Falcons game, notwithstanding, against the Saints, against the Lions. Looked great. And so they're like, okay, well, this is just who we can be. Well, maybe maybe you need to go back to some of that staple stuff to start games and then go from there. All right, we're going to get to our pal Trey Wingo here to talk all kinds of topics around the NFL, mostly, mostly Packers. That's here coming up on Locked on Packers. Let's say you want to go to see Taylor Swift. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but... Let's no, I do. Come on, I do. I would the Eras Tour. It seems incredible. It seems incredible, honestly. But it's hard to get tickets, and that's true for a lot of events. And sometimes you don't always have the luxury of planning ahead. That's why Game Time can help you get 
tickets to sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with last-minute killer deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guaranteed. They take the guesswork out of buying your tickets. See the view from your seat before you buy. You don't know, no searching the, the bowels of the internet to find what your seat is going to look like. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Plus, all-in prices show your total upfront. So you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day is back tomorrow. Zao you doing on Wednesday. Crossover Thursday with your boy Q, Locked On Raiders. And then an interview coming on Friday. Let's do this. Joining me now from the 33rd team. He's got a new podcast out on the Wondery Podcast. You've heard him on PGA Tour Live. You remember him from his ESPN days. Still moving and shaking with the best of them. Trey Wingo, Trey Man. Uh, you're here to talk about the important things like uh, Taylor Swift. Your thoughts. <laughs> uh, Peter, it's unbelievable. Like, uh, you know, I, we we basically cover a $20 billion a year industry. Like, yeah. That's what the NFL is. Basically a $20 billion a year industry. And that industry has said, whatever you want, Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, whatever you want. It's remarkable. Like, it's... And everyone I said, hey, that's fascinating. I, I, I find it... And again... People are, I'm sick of it, whatever. I get that. I understand it. But you have to understand from an NFL's perspective, they're drafting off Taylor Swift's clout. And normally it's the other way around. Everyone drafts off the NFL's clout. Like that that's the remarkable thing to me. Like, look, I knew who Taylor Swift was. Obviously, I knew she was a, a, a Grammy award-winning thing and her tour has been amazing. I had no real concept of the clout of the Swifty clan. And it's, it's been fascinating to watch on a lot of levels. It, it, it really has been. I, I thought it was fascinating too. Aaron Rodgers shows up on Monday or on Sunday night. And it felt like, whether this is true or not, it felt like he went to the game just on the off chance he would go and see Taylor. Like that, that imagine yeah. being as famous as Aaron Rodgers is and yeah. showing up on your day off when you're dealing with this injury just so you could see Taylor Swift, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And and imagine being Aaron Rodgers continually trying to reinvent himself uh, at the age of 40. I'd be like, this Aaron Rodgers that you guys are seeing now, I'm sure all of you have to be like, where was this guy all these years in Green Bay? Like, where was this guy? This is not the guy I remember. Well, you know, he was there early on. And so yeah. that, and then things started to change. And, and that's something I want to, I want to dive into that. And get into some of the Aaron Rodgers stuff because you know you you were on with us in the off season talking about this Aaron Rodgers trade potential and now it's now it's finally here. We've not of course caught up since what happened in New York happened in yeah. New York. I, like, do you view any of how the off season played out differently now that we've seen the first month of the season and how this all played out? Well, I mean, like no one was thinking that he's going to you know have a season ending and I don't care what he says he's not coming back in 2023 right. like look that's fine first of all the Jets aren't going to be any good so why would you come back like right last night and record we're recording this on Monday uh last night had they shocked the world right and taken down the Chiefs all right then we're two and two hey we got a little confidence we got all this kind of stuff that came close to happening but it didn't happen so they're one and three Zach Wilson played the best game of his career 
against a really good Chiefs defense, and he still managed to make the big mistake, um, unfortunately yeah. for him. They're, they're, the Jets are dead and buried, so I don't see any reason or, or think why Aaron Rodgers would come back and play this year. Like, if there was a chance to do all these wonderful things, maybe you think about it. But at one and three with the way we're seeing that division play out, let alone the AFC, it's really hard to imagine a scenario where it's going to be worth his effort and and time and commitment to do all those things to get back in time to play in 2023. Imagine if they had pulled this off and they beat yeah. the bills on the night when they're supposed to be introducing Aaron Rodgers as the superstar yeah. in New York. And then also the chiefs with Taylor Swift in the building. Yeah. Imagine what that would have been like. It, it just, it would have been, it would have been incredible theater. Yeah. This, this Packers team pivoting to the, the team that I cover, of course, um, they're incredibly young, Trey, yeah. and we just haven't seen we haven't seen a team. If you look at, I think I think uh, it was either Bill Barnwell or Mike Clay, one of the ESPN guys, was one of the first ones to point out this is the youngest group of pass catchers in the last twenty years outside of the Owen sixteen Cleveland Browns, right? And yet they've been able to make this all work. Uh, there's going to be growing pains. We knew that. What have you thought of this offense? Is, has it looked the way that you thought it would? Well, a couple of things. First of all, the, the offense hasn't been there for Jordan Love for, and it's totally, right? We've had injuries right. to Aaron Jones. We've had injuries to Watson. So really the Thursday night game was the first one where it felt like everybody, the gang was there, right? What we were going to be working with was there. And it felt like in, in a lot of levels, kind of like a, a week one game for a lot of teams who didn't yeah. practice a lot together in training camp and didn't play a lot together in preseason. Uh, and it, it there were some hiccups. So uh, I, I think that there's optimism. I'll give you an example. And I'm not comparing Patrick Mahomes to Jordan Love or Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes is going through some of this stuff right now. Like yes. Rashi Rice and Richie James and, you know, Sky Moore is still yet to come on and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, whom Packer fans know really well. Of course. None of that has yet to mesh. So there are times when it looks great for the Chiefs and there's times like majority of last night after they were up 17 to nothing where nothing seemed to work. That's what we're working with here in Green Bay. You're going through the process of a brand new quarterback trying to work with brand new receivers. At least in the Chiefs situation, they have the best quarterback trying to bring up the wide receivers. It's going to be doubly difficult because not only the receivers trying to get on board, the quarterback's trying to get on board. They're going to be growing pains. But I do think that Jordan Love has acquitted himself pretty well so far. We saw this a bit last year too. Aaron Rodgers with... Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, trying to get those guys up to speed. And that was with Al Lazard there and Randall Cobb there and the familiarity, familiarity in the system. I think we have to we have to give him some time. This also is, is a fascinating time for quarterbacks because you and I were talking before we came on, like that 2021 class, for all of the, the complaints about, oh, the Packers could have done this in 2020, they could have done that in 2020. Where were they going to get a quarterback? in the interim time, because look at the teams that have invested at that position since then, with the exception of this, maybe this most recent draft, like the 2021 class looks like a disaster right now. Yeah. Let's just, for, let's for everybody's, let's refresh everybody's memory. Okay. Trevor Lawrence went number one overall. And I want to be clear. Everybody was thinking Trevor Lawrence should go number one overall. So if Trevor yeah. Lawrence doesn't work out in the way that we thought, it's not that the system is flawed. I mean, everybody saw those attributes. Okay. And I would argue that forget 2021 because Urban Meyer wasn't a real head coach in the NFL. And that no. was a disaster. We all know that. Last year, he gets the benefit of Doug Peterson, who is a really good coach. 
and he played better towards the end of the season. So you get in Calvin Ridley now this year, and you get a you know another a year with all these guys and Travis Etienne and all that stuff. You think, okay, he's going to make that leap. He has not made that leap this year. No, I, I think it's fair to say that Trevor Lawrence has been slightly above average at best in 2023. Zach Wilson has been a disaster. He played the best game of his career, as we said. Sunday night, but he still, since he became came into the league, is last in completion percentage, last in passer rating, and last, I think, in touchdown to interception ratio. So he's been awful. Uh, Justin Fields, what's going on there? We thought he'd make that leap. He has regressed this year. You could say it's Fields. You could say it's the coaching staff. Probably all of that is true. Uh, but how the Bears lost that game on Sunday was the most Bears thing ever, ever. <laughs> and Trey Lance... Yeah, we hated it here in Packerland, Trey. Hate, yeah. We hated to see it. Yeah, Trey, Trey, Trey Lance is on a bench in Dallas, having never really been given the opportunity in San Francisco, which is what they knew he needed when they drafted him. And mm. Mac Jones was just benched after the worst loss of Bill Belichick's career. Everyone wants to draft a quarterback, and then they realize drafting the quarterback is actually the easy part. Picking the right quarterback, putting the right things around him, and getting in the right system are just as important if not more important than actually picking the guy back with more trey wingo in just a second here on locked on packers packers open as one and a half point favorites in las vegas that line has not moved since it first opened we will see if it's going to be jimmy g we'll see if it's going to be aiden o'connell we'll see if Devontae adams can go a lot of packer injuries to try and deal with there so packers road favorites Against this Raiders team right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. All you have to do is place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, all kinds of fun stuff. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Same game parlays, love a same game parlay, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day, every dayers. Check out what we're doing over on Subtext where you get to send messages to me directly. I get to send them back to you directly. We've got scouting reports, all the fun stuff that we do on Subtext is there for you. Locked on Packers is the thing you can go find. And then the Leap.Football, our Monday newsletter, always free. I wrote that yesterday. Jason Hershorn has a piece today. So... Uh, we we get you set for Monday Night Football. Uh, and look, more of you than ever are taking a, a part of this journey on the leap. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So thank you. If you haven't checked it out, go do that. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Creating that infrastructure, that ecosystem for him. And that's something the Packers are still acclimating to. I mean, I dedicated the open to my show yesterday about you know, the little details. Hey, Christian Watson running the wrong stem on this route or Romeo Dobbs going off schedule when Jordan Love is still in the pocket. Like, there's time on task here too. There's a reason. I mean, I made the joke on Twitter that Aaron Rodgers would have an aneurysm with this team and he'd be right. He'd be absolutely right because they're they're just not experienced. I do wonder though, as I look around the league, there are these teams, they're trying, I, I get trying to put, you know, stuff around your quarterback. But for these teams that are just like not good, why why waste money on some of these veteran guys? Like what is, I, I know the Titans won, but like DeAndre Hopkins in, in Tennessee, what is he really doing for them? I, I, th- like th- that is the part where I don't understand why more teams who are especially young with young quarterbacks don't say, 
you know what, let's have a young core that we try and build together like the Packers are trying to do. Yeah, no, I agree. Look, I think there's a really good receiving core in Green Bay. You know, Dobbs and Watson. I, I mean, those are legitimate NFL receivers. There's no question about it. Jaden Reed has looked really good. Absolutely. So you have you have talent at the position, but it it needs maturation. You know, we talked about it with with the Kansas City Chiefs and some of the stops in the in in the routes that Rice is running and and uh, some of the stuff that Sky Moore still has yet to create those little spaces. One of the reasons Kelsey and and uh, Mahomes are so unstoppable is they have this sort of rhythm and understanding that comes yes. with five or six years together and they sort of feed off each other's press. There was one time in the game last night where Mahomes was expecting Kelsey to do one thing and he did something else and it almost was a CJ Mosley interception. But though those are the little nuances, like what you said about running the stem, like if it's supposed to be run at seven and you run it at seven and a half, that's a huge difference. Yeah. Fans watching the game don't, don't understand that or see that. But you go to the practice and you talk about it. Like Tom Brady would talk about this all the time when he was playing. If it's a five-yard stick, you cannot run it four and a half. You cannot run it five and a half. You have to make sure it's on the five. That's how precise things have to be in the NFL. And you know, you, you don't you don't throw to open receivers in the NFL. You throw to receivers that are covered and you make great throws into very tight windows. And, and that's the difference. And you you have to be so locked on uh in that situation to make that work. Thank you very much. And, and that's that's the thing that comes with experience. That's the thing that comes with playing together. And that's sort of where Jordan Love and these receivers are right now. It's also, I think, really difficult in, in any situation to have a coach and a front office in the same stage of their development at once. Yeah. And then it's also hard. You you draft a quarterback, let's say. You don't know if that's the guy that you can, you can really build around. Like I look at a, a situation like Carolina. They get yeah. Bryce Young. They trade the moon for Bryce Young. Yeah. Who's he throwing to, Trey? Adam right. Adam Thielen? Like that's yeah. their number one receiver. And now they feel like they have to go all in. But like, why? It's year one. Frank Reich is a first year head coach. You've got, but but they've done nothing also to supplement his guys. And then they're throwing to Adam Thielen instead of Jonathan Mingo and LaVisca Chenault and some of the other young guys they could be incorporating into that offense. It just feels like this is something that we've talked a lot on this show about. Like there are teams that they try and get this baseline of competency from a veteran when yeah. what you're really doing is stunting the development of your younger players I agree. in this, like uh, to, to what end? I don't understand it. Well, look, listen, I, I think they always say we want a veteran in the room, right? This guy is yeah. going to help everyone figure this out and that's fine. And that's great. But to your point, if you have a young quarterback and you have young receivers, let's make sure they're doing most of the work together, right? right. That we, this this is how you create that trust. This is how you sort of create that process. And I think a lot of and you mentioned the DeAndre Hopkins thing, which is kind of funny because Tennessee is where veteran receivers just go to die. You know, whether it's Randy Moss or yeah. Andre Johnson or you know Julio Jones. Yeah, like Julio. The litany of receivers that the Titans have trotted out over the years. And instead of like keeping a guy like AJ Brown, uh, you mm. know, who has been lights Goodness. out since he went to Philadelphia. Uh, that's an organizational misfire. And that's why John Robinson is no longer the general Correct. manager there, if we're being honest about it. So, yeah, I, I think it, it, it's much more prudent to build from what, what's the old, you know, the, the, the man you know, the man you know is always better than the devil that you don't, right? Uh, and, and I think if you, if, you, if you can always find a way to keep and develop, it always makes more sense to me. And you have quality at that position in Green Bay. The Packers are dealing with this issue right now um, 
with their defensive coordinator and and what to do next with Joe Barry. It seems like we have like offensive coaches seem to grow on trees right now. If you had a cup of coffee with Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay, not only are you going to get a head coaching opportunity, it seems like most of these coaches are like pretty good coaches. Um, yeah. and, and someone like Zach Taylor, who, you know, I don't know if he's a great coach, but he's got lucky that he's got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and was smart enough to not get out of the way. Why do you think we don't develop defensive coaches the same kind of way? Why? And we, and we never really have like the league. You ha- you really have to go back to like buddy Ryan to find a guy with a, a defensive tree, even Bill Belichick, like his, it's not like those guys are defensive geniuses. You probably, I guess probably. Tampa two and that scheme, you got, you got a lot of guys that came out of that group, but we haven't done this in a while. Why do you think that is? Well, everyone's in love with offense. I mean, that's well, you know, yeah. even Chris Jones said it last night. You know, no one cares about defense. Everyone wants to see touchdowns, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. But, but like, my, I think Mike Vrabel has come from a defensive background. He's yeah. done well, and I'm, I'm sure. really curious to see what D'Amico Ryan's can do because yeah. they are playing so much better. Awesome. And, you know, if we're being honest about it they might've picked the right one out of all the three quarterbacks in the first round. Bryce is just so small. Like every time I'm back there, I'm like, be okay. You know? And uh, you know, Anthony Richardson, people love the physical traits. He was 11 of 25, you know I mean? That's you're not going to win that way. You're just not going to win. Like it was a complete meltdown of the Rams that they're up 23 to nothing. And that game even went to overtime. I mean, yeah, I had to sweat it out. Maher missed two field goals, so you, you kick those two field goals, you're not even sniffing overtime. So. As someone with Rams plus one and a half, I was I was sweating that one. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. Puka Nakua, baby. Puka yeah. Nakua. Um, speaking of young wide receivers who are Yeah, exactly right. You know, it, it's amazing. So, yeah, the, the thing about the defensive coaches, we're seeing it. Mike Vrabel has had a, has had a really good run yeah. uh, in Tennessee. Really and I think D'Amico Ryan's coming over, obviously, from being the D.C., uh, in San Francisco, where he spent the majority of his career playing for the Houston Texans. I, I think he has a shot. And if it hadn't all crumbled, I thought Robert Sala might be able to turn things around this year for the Jets. But again, the Jets are just, they're snake bit. I mean, there's, I, I can't even imagine what it's like to be a Jets fan. Like you, you go through this whole thing and, but Hard Knocks might've just been called, I love Aaron and, and played the <laughs> I love Lucy theme song, you know, from the old TV show back in the day. I had no other yeah. Jets existed on Hard Knocks. Um, and it, just to see it all crumble so spectacularly is just it's I don't know how I don't know how Jets fans survive. I really don't. I have a bunch of friends. I'm like, dude, are you OK? Are you guys OK? And the answer is mostly not. Packer fans right now are hoping it goes sideways enough that Robert Sala is the Packers defensive coordinator in 2024. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but maybe. And and I just now I need someone I need someone on the sidelines to tell Zach Wilson he's got a lot of explaining to do now. That's I, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and maybe, maybe we can get that. All right, Trey, you, you got, a, you got a lot on your plate. Can you let the people know where they can find all the stuff that you're doing? And then let's, let's raise a little bit of money if we can. Yeah. I appreciate that, Peter. Um, yeah, obviously I'm working for the 33rd team. I have a, we do a lot of stuff on that site. Also, I have a new podcast with Chase Daniels, uh, out there called chasing it. Uh, we're doing that. We might have a very special guest this week. Uh, I think we're good, but, uh, I don't want to jinx it. Oh, uh, also that I also worked something called the Stunt under promise and over deliver. Always try. There you go, baby. There it is. I'd be a great agent. Uh, the Stunt app you can download it at the App Store or in Google Play. It's basically uh, Twitter without all the garbage. It's basically you want to create your own content, put it out there. Mark Schlereth and I do every every show on the Stunt app every Monday at six o'clock Eastern. Do about three or four events for the PGA Tour Live. As you mentioned, have the new Amazon Wondery podcast uh, coming up in January called Making Waves, which is about how history affects sports, which is going to be really fun. 
Uh, and then, you know, as you know, Peter, I spent a lot of time in Maui and Maui was obviously devastated by the, by the Lahaina wildfires there on August 8th. And, you know, things are slowly, slowly starting to come back together. But, you know, it's been almost two months and sometimes out of sight, out of mind. Uh, there are really a few quick ways you can you can donate. Uh, uh, MauiUnitedWay.org is really good at getting funds directly to the victims, and uh, the HawaiiCommunityFoundation.org. That this is a local charity that's been put up, and all the money donated goes directly into the hands of victims. There's no red tape. There's no let's send it to our corporate offices here. Any way you can donate, Red Cross, whatever is great. But the best two ways to donate to help victims affected by the wildfires: uh, MauiUnitedWay.org and HawaiiCommunityFoundation.org. And any, anyone who does that, um, send me a screenshot of your donation and Locked on Packers will make a donation in your name um, awesome. in, in addition. So uh, really want to do that. A lot of people need help. And uh, I think that's really important. Trey, appreciate your time, man, and, and everything you do. Pete, appreciate you, man. Anytime, buddy. All right. Thanks to Trey for joining the show. Great to talk to him as always. Back tomorrow. Zal doing in full effect. Crossover Thursday interview series on Friday Got a great one. Got a great one. Again, as we said with Trey, under promise and over deliver. It is my goal every time with these Fridays to, to catch you off guard with a killer guest. We've had a killer, killer, killer lineup of Friday interviews so far this season, and I can't wait to keep it going. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, you can come do that on our YouTube page, our Locked on Packers YouTube page, so you can stay Locked on Packers.